0: Welcome to a special After the Judging episode of Brutal Battle. Yes, this is an episode I'm going to end up doing by myself because I was really the only person involved in the activity that I'm going to talk about, at least from this podcast. Um, So this, as you could surmise from the name of it, After the Judging, it has to do with judging of a homebrew competition. So recently I did an episode where I was talking to Jason Evans. Actually, I did three episodes with Jason Evans. And two of them we talked a little bit about, in the one, a little bit about the Independent Brewing uh, Work Challenge. And in the other one, we went more in depth on it. So after those aired, uh, Phil Rudy, the owner and head brewer at, um, I believe he's still the head brewer, at uh, Independent Brewing, reached out to me and said, Hey, thanks for the episodes. That was great. Uh, Do you want to be a guest judge for the next work challenge? Because as people heard on here, Jason Evans was saying there was another one coming up that he was working on. Uh, working on his beer for it, that is. So I was like, yeah, let's let's definitely do this. So I ended up not fully judging in it. I ended up kind of judging on my own just for the podcast. And I used the actual Brew Battle ratings that we use. Uh, totally the same. Like I was treating these beers like they were getting ratings as if they were a production brewery. So I'll kind of talk about that a little bit. But next to me were all the people doing the actual judging for it who were the BJCP guideline folks. Uh, people who don't know what BJCP is, uh beer judge certification program, and that's kind of the standard for actually judging beers. So I actually have one of their score sheets here, and I'll kind of talk about it, because watching them do what they were doing, and they actually, you know, were fine with me participating in doing the BJCP stuff Along with them, but I didn't feel comfortable doing that, and I didn't feel like it would give people a fair shake because I'm not used to that system. So I kind of stepped back from it and said, well, "I don't think it'd be fair if I actually do this." So I'll just rate my ratings and then just talk about it on the podcast. So, um, so I'll give you, you know, some of the the uh, uh, give you some of what the results were from the actual competition, but also talk about my feelings on the actual BJCP guidelines and how those, you know, came into play because through it, you know, observing the BJCP ratings, it gave me some opinions about it. So, cause that's the first time I've seen it, honestly. But since this is a, a one talking about some homebrew, an episode talking about homebrew, um, I figured I'd just taste some homebrews cause I have two that were given to me, uh, one fairly recently, a few months back, and the other one, a uh, while, not quite a year ago, but, um, not too far off from that, maybe like six, eight months. So anyway, uh, the first one I'm going to do, this one was sent to me or given to me by longtime listener, Kyle Norman. He's been doing some home brewing and this one is, he says a tart fruited Saison. So it's a tart Saison that has the addition of rhubarb and peaches, and he calls it sticks and stones, having to do with the rhubarb sticks and the stone fruit being the peaches. So hopefully neither of these beers start to overflow, but I have towels just in case. I know a lot of people listen when we open this up and they're like, please overflow, because it's funny. Nope, no overflow. So that's nice. Just a little bit of um, carbonation coming out. Let me go ahead and pour it here. And then I'm going to do the other one a little bit later after I've talked a bunch about the uh, homebrew competition. So this beer looks, I mean, it's looking pretty brown. It's like a little orangish to it, but it's relatively brown in coloration. A lot of carbonation to it actually sticking to the sides of the glass. And some decent bubbles just retaining on the top. Um, Murky looking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the look of it, the smell. I smell some hoppiness in there, actually. I i mean, it may just be the peaches kind of coming through and interacting with the tartness, like this tart sourness, but it comes off almost a little bit like citrusy, like there's some definitely some lemon in there, but it also smells a little bit like some uh, some more tart orange, actually, as well. I get a decent amount of malt sweetness coming through on the end of it, too. I get a little bit of, like, a funkiness to it. I don't, you know, and I'm not well-versed enough in rhubarb to know if I'm actually even smelling rhubarb at this point. So, peaches? Yeah, I smell a little bit of the peach, actually. Kyle warned me that at this point, because of when he did it, um, a lot of the fruit may have fallen out of the beer. But, we'll see. Anyway, we're going to go in for a sip. Oh, oh, I like this. So for being a, say, a tart-fruited Saison, it has more maltiness to it than I would assume, but it's it's not a, a big minus to it. It's just a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. And I was just like, oh, I actually kind of like the malt, the extra maltiness there. Definitely get the tartness he was talking about that just kind of hits like a low-level lemon. And it actually kind of sustains throughout the entire taste Um, through each sip. It just sticks around. Yeah, there's that kind of funkiness uh, on the end, mixing with a little bitterness after each sip. Um, I wonder what the ABV is on this. I should have asked. But I get a slight astringency from the ABV. Um, I don't know if I get the rhubarb. I can see a little bit of the peach. Yeah, and, and it does come off Saison-y to me. Like, it, I can see the Saison yeast aspect playing around in the beer. It's just not, it's not as light as you would expect a Saison to be. The mouthfeel is significantly more, which is one of the things that's throwing me off. I'm assuming that's coming about because of the fruit that was added to it. Um, but this is good. I like this. Um, this is, uh, probably only, I think only the second homebrew I've had from Kyle Norman. The first one was on the show and we, it, it did not go well. I felt bad after the fact when we found out that's what it was, but this is a huge improvement from what I tasted before. Um, so good job, Kyle Norman. I like this. It's tasty, man. So I'll take a sip every now and then when we talk, I think I am, actually, I think I am tasting the rhubarb now because... I think I remember someone telling me that rhubarb has a little bit of like a strawberry characteristic to it. And I feel like I'm getting like a low level strawberry in there on the very end as I've gotten a few sips in and I've gotten past the bitterness and some of the tartness. So I think I am getting the rhubarb. Anyway, moving on. uh, Nice job, Kyle Norman. Uh, We're going to talk about the BJCP and uh, or their ranking ratings and how this went with the judging at the work challenge. So People, I would recommend just go Google Images and look up the BJCP beer score sheet. Then you can kind of follow along, or you can look at it after the fact or whatever. So it breaks it down into a few categories. It has aroma, appearance, flavor, mouthfeel, and then one for overall impression. And there's a certain amount of points allocated for each of those areas. So it's an overall potential score of 50, which would be the perfect score. And you can obtain a zero if your beer is that bad. So 12 of those points can be um, earned through aroma. Three of them through appearance, 20 through flavor, which makes sense because flavor is most important, uh, five through mouthfeel, and 10 through the overall impression of the beer. And they break it down into blocks of numbers to kind of give you a meaning of what that means for the beer. So 0 to 13 is a problem, obviously. It says major off, flavor, major off flavors and aromas dominate the beer. Uh, 14 to 20 is fair, and it says off flavors, aromas, or major style deficiencies. Uh, 21 to 29 is good, misses the mark on style and or minor flaws. 30 to 37 is very good generally within style parameters with minor flaws. 38 to 44 is excellent, exemplifies the style well and requires minor tuning. And then 45 to 50 is outstanding, which they say is world-class example of that style. So the thing to stress to people about the BJCP and how they do it, when they're rating the beers, they're going by the style guidelines. So they're looking at, you know, What should this beer smell like? What should this beer taste like? What should this beer's mouthfeel be like? What should it look like based off the guidelines given by the BJCP for that particular style? So they have to know what the beer is going to be going into judging it. So it's very, very different than what we do on this podcast because obviously I focus pretty much only on... uh, on the flavor of it. I mean, people will say like, oh, but you talk about the way it looks and the smell and the flavor, but we only really judge it based on the flavor, which obviously I feel is the most important thing. So one of my gripes about the BJCP is that Aroma is 12 of the 50 points. And I understand from the standpoint of it's a craft and it's, it's a uh, it's an art form, and that's kind of how they're approaching it and how did this person put this together based off what what they were looking at as their example of you know what it should be. And I just think for me, Aroma just does it shouldn't play that much of a role, not 12 points out of 50 at least, because yes, it shows that you achieved it for the style or didn't, depending on what number you get out of the 12. But in the end, the product is all about the flavor. Like the flavor is what really matters. And I'd actually point to, we've had some beers on the podcast where they smell kind of off. Like there's a skunkiness, or as they would say for BJCP, it light struck. So it's it doesn't smell the best, but then when we tasted it, it tastes really good. And you can kind of ignore the smell when the taste is actually pretty good. So that's kind of my argument for getting, getting, maybe not getting rid of aroma, but downplaying it significantly more. Uh, appearance, obviously I don't really care that much about how beers look. And I would argue that you really need to get rid of the appearance portion to update it for, uh, now, you know, current, uh, beer community, because think about the hazy IPA, you know, the new England style IPAs are very off style for their appearance. And if you put them in, an IPA category BJCP guidelines would state that they would probably get like a zero on appearance because the categories for that are clarity. Well, maybe not a zero because it's clarity, head size, head retention, and head texture is actually just like a extra comments type thing, but they would definitely go get a zero in clarity. So, you know, I just think that these things kind of need updated and, and, Anytime you try and put a measurement to something like craft beer that's that's a very free-spirited, independent, creative type thing, it's going to be hard to maintain uh, those guidelines and the scoring as like holding true to what's going on because things are constantly changing and people are constantly bending these styles. So, like, my example of, like, the hazy or New England style IPA, I mean, maybe create a category for that to fix that kind of issue. But in my opinion, I just don't think that appearance should really matter at all and that aroma shouldn't have as much of an impact, that it should mainly be about flavor. Mouthfeel, okay. Um, I understand that having a little bit of a play, and it is only five points on here, so I kind of understand that. Uh, There have been times where I drink a beer and I'm just like, man, if it just had more mouthfeel to it. Um, especially with like certain stouts, like certain flavors need more of a mouthfeel to kind of back them up and to stand up in the beer. Uh, and then overall impression being 10, I think that's, I kind of understand the category, but I kind of don't understand the category because isn't your impression of the beer being covered in aroma, appearance, flavor, and mouthfeel? Um, so 10 points for overall impression, you know, I kind of understand what they're saying. Like sometimes th- all the things individually aren't the best, but when you look at them as a whole together, they're better than the sum of the, of its parts. So I kind of understand that, but maybe not 10 points worth out of the 50. It seems a little weird because that's 20% of it. So it's, eh, I don't know. But it, it is interesting because they, they have a drinkability scale within overall impression. And they, and they have checkboxes for... I would finish this sample, I would drink a pint of this beer, I would pay money for this beer, or please send me the recipe. So it that's interesting, I, li- I like that. Um Another thing to point out is that they have at the very bottom listed all the flaws that you could find in the beer, and you can just kind of like put a check in the box if you're getting it out of there. So just to name a few... Acetyl aldehyde, uh, if it's too alcoholic or hot. Astringency, diacetyl, DMS, too estery, too grassy. I mean, I guess if that's for that particular style, it doesn't fit. Light struck, medicinal, oxidized, you know, stuff like that. Or solvent still in it. You don't want that one. That one sounds terrible. Uh, actually, I think one of the beers that we tried in the competition actually had some solvent taste to it. Which means you can clean things properly. But, hmm. Kyle, this beer is tasting nice. But anyway, so that was kind of like my overall impression of the BJCP. Now, all that said, these are just my opinions on it. And that's me coming from for like five years doing this podcast, focusing mainly just on the actual flavor of it and not being a home brewer myself either. So, you know, take it for what it is. Also, I want to give a shout out to the guys who were doing the rating. It was a lot of work. There were 27 beers entered, and they were filling out one of these beer score sheets for each one of the beers within the category they were doing. They kind of split it up. There were six guys, and they each took a category to work on, so... The two two guys in the group would rate the same beer together, compare their numbers, and figure out if they were off base or they were close. So if they were close, then they were rating the beer properly. So their system that they had down was a good system. It seemed like it really made sense. Um, And they were good guys. Uh, I think I remember all their names. I want to say it was Tom, Chris, Kevin, John, Les, and Bryn. Um, I think I got all those names right. If I didn't, I'm really, really sorry. And I do want to say that Les has been doing beer judging for 20 years, which is pretty impressive. And I could tell that when he was tasting that that guy's palate is on point. So it was really cool to kind of see him do his thing. And, uh, he didn't really even need that much time. Like after 20 years doing it, he was just like picking things up pretty quick. And it's just cool to see that. So... Overall, I thought it was a very educational experience for me. I thought it was very cool that Phil got actual BJCP judges in there to do things officially for these guys. And I know there were some of the homebrewers who showed up and actually said, look, I'm just looking for feedback. I don't really care if I place. I just want legitimate feedback on what I can do to enhance this beer or, you know, do it in a better way. So um, that's cool. And it just goes to show with 27 entries in it. You're really growing the craft beer community through homebrewing in our area, not just consumption, and that's cool because people who do homebrewing have a much deeper involvement with the beers and a much deeper love for them. So, Anyway, I do want to talk about the actual like standings and how things were kind of differing and how I felt about beers versus BJCP and all that, uh, but I want to jump to the next homebrew. So I got to rinse out this cup rinse out the glass. And I'm actually like, if that sounded kind of gross, if it was picked up on the microphone, I was literally just sipping water out of my cup and spitting it into my beer glass (laughs) because I don't have like any other water. Mm. Okay. I want to make sure I got a good rinse. Now this beer, this beer is from another listener of the show And he's had a beer on the show at least once before. And we've talked to him before, did a phone interview. Uh, Patrick Snyder, good friend of Kyle Norman's as well. This is his beer he had uh, Kyle give to me called Foraged Goods. And it's an American sour beer aged on Pennsylvania grapes. And does he have the ABV? 5.5% ABV. Oh, yes. And his brewery he calls Hormtown Beer Company. This is Cork and Caged. Which makes me, and, you know, knowing that it's a sour beer makes me a little nervous that this one might overflow and go everywhere. So, and I just find it kind of impressive whenever someone who's a home brewer is uh, doing um, cork and cage. I'm going to move some stuff. So just in case I have a problem, I have all my stuff set up. Here we go. Oh, here it goes. It's everywhere. Damn it. I do have my, oh my god, it is freaking everywhere. I might have to cut some of this out, because it is gushing even more than I expected. Oh, and I'm back. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, that was a mess. Like, that beer was everywhere, and I'm very, very glad that I had towels at the ready, because it made sure that it wasn't much of a mess at all. The mess was all on the towels. That could have been a horrible cleanup job. Oh, Patrick, you got me on that one, buddy. I will say, though, as it was exploding and, and running everywhere, uh, it smelled really good. I will say that. So it had that going for it. So the beer actually looks kind of orangish with a little bit of like a purplish-reddish tinge to it. Uh, there's obviously a good amount of carbonation on the beer. Very fine bubbles on the top. A head that's retaining. Uh, it is cloudy. I can't see anything through it. Very, very Very cloudy. The smell, I get a lot of, not tartness, but straight up sourness on the smell. Slight vinegar to it. There's a bit of like a Brett funkiness on the end. I do feel like I can perceive the grapes in there. I definitely do feel that way. (sighs) Do I smell a little bit of an astringency on the nose? Yeah, I feel like it's coming off a tad bit astringent. But there's a lot of lemony sourness some grape, I do feel like I'm smelling a little bit of like a bitterness but not coming from like hopping coming more from like the skins, the tannins coming from the grape skins smells good, smells very good Hmm. quite sour not crazy sour it kind of just, it's like a medium sourness I'd say, definitely a decent amount of lemon coming through a little bit of a vinegar to it. There's something in there. I'm trying to figure out what that is. It's like a little bit of a hay characteristic to the beer. That's kind of mixed in the middle of each sip. I do get that grape flavor to it. I am getting that kind of bitter tannic uh, flavor that I was saying I was getting in the smell from the grape skin. It was pretty good. It's pretty like light and refreshing. I mean, the sourness is not light, but like the body of it's light and it's got like a refreshing snap to it. Mm. Yeah, I like that beer. It's good. I expected to like it. There is a little bit of an astringency at the end, which is a little, I think... A little off-kilter for 5.5%, but like I said, I like the beer. It's good. So anyway, uh, as I continue to sip on that, let let me uh, talk a little bit more about the BJCP stuff. So the way it ended up getting done, there were a few categories. I believe they had... Actually, I have it right here because I took a picture of what their results were. They had... Three separate categories for the beers. One category was strong or hoppy beers. Then there was a category for fruit or spice beers. And then a category for oak or sour beers. So it's a little weird that they were kind of like done that way. But it just had to do with what people submitted. Because there were no guidelines saying you have to do this style or you can't do this style or use these ingredients. Like we talked about how the work challenge works. It's just... One wort that Phil has done at uh, Independent Brewing, everyone picks up that wort, and then they can do whatever they want to it to make it a finished product. So he just kind of put, put the categories together however it made the most sense after everyone made their submissions. So for the strong and hoppy category, uh, the winner was actually a strong bitter, and that was done by a Kelly Kirk. Um, i bet met Kelly before, nice guy. Uh, Then number two was a Belgian strong that was done by Chris Surwick. I'm sorry if I messed that last name up. Uh, Third place in that category was a golden strong and that was done by Mark Capobianco. Then in the fruit and spice category, number one was a pumpkin beer by Ken Gettleman. I have met Ken Gettleman as well before. Also a nice guy. Um, I remember tasting that pumpkin beer. I don't, I don't, the other, the beers from the strong and hoppy category, I don't remember as much. I think I remember, actually, I think I remember Kelly's and remember thinking, oh, it's a pretty good strong ale. Uh, Ken Gettleman's Pumpkin Beer. I remember having it. As soon as I smelled it, I was just like, oh God, a pumpkin beer. Because people, you know me and pumpkin beers. I despise them. But when I tasted it, I was like, this is actually not bad for me. Uh, the, the spices are under control and that's my biggest issue is when the spices are crazy and you do kind of taste like, taste like pumpkin with a little bit of spice to it. It was pretty well done for what it was supposed to be. Uh, number two in the fruit and spice category was a raspberry vanilla ale. I remember this one. I did enjoy that beer. Uh, that's by Greg Newswanger. And then number three in there was Jane Petrick and she did a black IPA with seasonal spices added. Uh, Jane had actually had a beer on the podcast before, very early on within the first, like 20 or 30 episodes of the podcast. So you'd have to go way back to find it. Um, and you can find all the episodes on archive.org, just search brutal battle. So she gave us the first beer she ever did. And it was a blue moon clone and she did a really good job. I ran into her at this competition and was talking to her about that and kind of reminiscing and she's doing a good job. Then the oak and sour category, number one was an oak-aged ale. That's pretty much all it says. I don't remember that one in particular, by a John Jester. Uh, The second place was a cognac barrel-aged beer. I don't remember that either. Uh, That was by Michael Tervere. And number three was a mixed culture fermentation with raspberry, and that was done by Tony Morell. And then they did like a best of show. And number one overall was Chris Surwick. Number two, Michael Tervere. Number three, John Jester. And number four, Greg Newswanger. Which I guess I I wasn't around for them to do the the best of show um, rankings. So I guess I don't understand how the number one could go to someone who got the number two in a category. It just doesn't, I don't know, it seems kind of odd to me. Or I guess maybe if it's like Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand that. And then Michael Trevere was also a number two and he got a number two. I mean that kind of makes sense. John and John Jester was a number one in his category, but got number three. And I don't yeah, I just don't understand how that's done. But anyway, that's not to dwell on. I just kind of want to talk about mine. So a lot of the beers that they were doing, at least I was sitting near uh, John and Les, and they were doing the fruited or spiced beers, and actually sometimes fruited and spiced beers. And they, um, a lot of their ratings were ending up being like mid-20s to low-30s. So a lot of them were hitting in the good to very good range when they were rating them. So, um When I was raiding, I gave out a few ones based on Brutal Battle uh, stuff because there were just some beers. You know, we're very hard on beers, and uh, they're just some beers that I felt didn't taste like much of anything. And some of them had some off flavors to me. Like, there was one that was really skunky. Um, There was one that just had, like, a weird hotness to it uh, that was just really odd. Uh, There was one that was, like, super astringent and didn't really taste like much coming through. So you kind of get your range of stuff at these, um, at homebrew competitions. Overall, out of 27, I gave out one, two, three, four, five, six. Six ones. But, you know, I'm super hard on beers. Uh, there were an okay amount of twos, and there were a good amount of threes as well, which people know a three on Brutal Battle is a solid rating. And there were, I gave only three fours. Now, if I gave you a four, that means I quite like the beer because a four on Brutal Battle is a nice rating for a production brewery. So, I wanted to give a shout out to the three beers that I felt were um, four level for, for this podcast. None of them won anything for the competition. So, it shows you a, a big difference in how I taste versus how the BJCP works or or how their taste buds are, um, so the I gave a four to a beer I didn't that was fruit and spice, and I said it had a medium cranberry to it, a slight rosemary spice, and a low tartness, and it was it like a cranberry and rosemary beer. When I first found out that's what it was, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this because me and spices plus cranberry's a little finicky when it comes to a fruit to be used in beer. But the rosemary and the cranberry worked pretty well together, actually. I was surprised. And that beer was made by Ryan Manshine. So big shout-out to Ryan for that. That was a nice beer. I enjoyed it. Then there was one that was I, the tasting notes I had it was had a hop citrus to it with some low spice backing it up uh, with cinnamon and nutmeg that seemed to be the most pronounced of the spices used. And that was one of the spice beers. And that one was done by Bruce Reinecke or Reineck. I I think it's Reinecke. I'm sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly, but Bruce Reinecke. And then the other one that I gave a four to was supposed to be kind of like a take on a pecan pie. It was like a fruit spice category beer, but it was mainly like nuts added to it. That beer I had, I felt like had a little bit of like a creamy marshmallow note to it with some slight citrus poking through and then like a low brown sugar flavor to it. Uh, I think it hit pretty much what it was going for, and I thought it was well integrated. Uh, That one was actually also done by Bruce Reineke, which I was surprised about. Now, I didn't know who did the beers until after I tasted all of them and rated them and wrote my notes. Then I went back and only looked up the names on the the three fours just to give those shout-outs. So I was very surprised when I saw that, for me, Bruce Reineke made two beers that I thought were the best there, so... And that brings up the thing that yes, people can, uh, submit more than one beer for the work challenge per competition. So, yeah. But anyway, um, I also want to give an honorable mention to Jason Evans, Breadhead Brewing. Uh, like I told him, he did a good job with his. His was, uh, was it black currants in his or was it raspberries? I can't remember, but it was like a tart, uh, a tartish ish like a Brett Saison that he did with like, uh, black Blackberries, actually, I think is what it was. I was totally wrong on all of them. <laughs> um, he did a like a tart Saison with blackberries added to it um, and some nice funky brett to it. It was good. Uh, I do think that it may not have gotten as fair a shake as it could have because I think when we had it, it was a little more on the cold side, and if it was warmed up more, it may have done a little bit better. But um, it was a good beer, nonetheless. That one got a three, and like I... Like I had said to him, actually, after the fact, if I could give it, well, I, I could, I could call that audible, but if I was giving halves, I probably would have given a 3.5. So, but anyway, um, awesome experience. A lot of fun. Phil from independent. Thank you very much for having me. Uh big shout out to the BJCP guys, because, uh, you guys were doing a lot of work for that. Uh, it was a lot and, um, I respect what you guys are doing. Um, so don't take my gripes with, with the BJCP score sheet as a slight against you guys. It's just, you know, my personal opinion. And uh, I'm not a BJCP judge anyway. I haven't gone through any of certifications, so you can feel free to just shrug it off. Um, so, but anyway, it, it was a fun experience. I hope to maybe, maybe be involved in some more things like that in the future. And then the other thing I need to talk about is the fact that, thank you very much, Kyle Norman gave me this beer, um, his Sticks and Stones, it was a tasty beer. And likewise for Patrick Snyder, also a tasty beer, even though it did flow all over the place. But it's good. So the cleanup was worth it in that sense. And like I said, it wasn't crazy. But anyway, um, maybe I'll end up doing another one of these types of episodes if I end up doing some more judging. People out there, if you want me to get involved in judging anything... You can shoot me an email, brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. That's just if you want to. Not a big deal. (laughs) But anyway, thanks everyone for checking this out. And until next time, keep it brutal.